Hey coach, I know you're out there hustling to get into classrooms and provide feedback that actually improves instruction, but meeting your teacher's needs when you're looking at a stack of sticky notes is just about impossible. I want to share a coaching tool that I know you'll love. DigiCoach is an app you can use on your phone, designed for busy coaches like you and your administrators too. It's the perfect way to record your observations and notes when you visit a classroom, collect data about what's going on at your school, and differentiate your coaching support based on the patterns you see. Some of my favorite features include the reports and DigiCoach's pre-written strategies and coaching tips to provide specific feedback and help in those moments when you just don't know what to say. Ready to check it out and make your workload so much lighter? Head to digicoach.com and tell them Miss B sent you to try it out for free and provide actionable feedback to your teachers. Are you a literacy coach trying to help your school grow their literacy practices? I have got the video series for you. This free email video course is all about the five priorities for literacy coaches in the first semester of school. It'll walk you through the five areas of focus you need to have in place in order to grow your school into SOR practices. Change takes time, but we can make sure we're on the right track by focusing on the right things. Get this free video course at buzzingwithmissb.com slash literacy coach. You're going to love it. You're listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast, where we believe that every teacher deserves a coach, and every coach does too. I'm Chrissy Beltran, an instructional coach, resource creator, and coffee enthusiast. And I'm your host. Stay tuned for practical tips and honest coaching talk that will help you coach with confidence. Hey, coach. Welcome to episode 164, Thoughtful Implementation of PLCs. Today, this episode is a coaching call with my guest, Alyssa Tyra. We are going to talk about troubleshooting their implementation of PLCs. We'll talk about how to implement PLCs when it hasn't gone too well in the past, what we can do to create purposeful PLCs that don't run into a turn into a gripe fest. And that's like a huge problem that many coaches have and how to meet teachers needs with PLCs and make them really you know, valuable. Before we get started, I just want to remind you that my course, The Confident Literacy Coach, is going to be open for new coaches next week. Not new coaches as in new to coaching, new coaches as in new to confident, confident literacy coaching. <laughs> if you've loved chatting about PLCs over the last this last month, I know that you will love module six, which is all about coaching PLCs and teams of teachers. You can get on the wait list at confidentliteracycoach.com and then you'll be notified when that course is open so you can sign up right away. There are some really great new updates too to the reading and writing module. So I really would love for you to check it out. I'm really excited to get this episode started because I know you're going to walk away with something valuable that you can try out tomorrow. So we're going to welcome our coaching friend to the podcast. Welcome, Alyssa. I'm so glad that you're able to join us today. Hi. Um, yes, I am an, an instructional coach for middle school, six through eight, um, all three grades, all content areas. Um, and I, it's my first year, not only is it my first year, but it's the first year the district has had instructional coaches. Mm -hmm. So it's new for me and it's new for my teachers as well. Um, so right now my main goal is to just kind of be in classrooms, um, giving some feedback on instructional strategies and things like that. And then I'm uh, heavily involved in the team meetings for the PLC process that we've also started this year. So, uh, my teachers have a lot on their plate, um, but I'm trying to help them through it as much as possible. 
that's fantastic. I'm, um, it's a lot of work to get a new coaching program started. And um, it's especially difficult whenever it's a new program because teachers are unfamiliar generally with having people in their rooms. That mm-hmm. that alone is like a huge stressor in my experience. <laughs> people are like, "What? Why are you here? What's happening? What? What, is, what are you doing?" And um, so, yeah, that can be a big hurdle to get over. So, if you've already started visiting classrooms and you're having a good response to that, that's a really great start. Yeah, my teachers have been very welcoming. Uh, my principal did a very good job, kind of. Uh, I don't want to say warning, but letting them know that there was an essential coach coming and I'd be in Mm -hmm. their classrooms. And so far, I think I've been in almost every single classroom in my building and I've got 34 teachers. So that's great. Pretty excited about that. Yeah, it's a good start. Um, So whenever we are thinking about your PLCs, you said that this year you're trying to kind of get PLCs rolling. Mm -hmm. And I know you had mentioned in your email that there had been an attempt to try them out previously. Right. And now you're like trying to really, okay, this is the time it's got to work. <laughs> so can you tell me a little bit about how that's going, what you've already done um, and what was tried the first time that didn't go so well? Of course. Um, so I was not here the first time that it happened. So I only have some stories from, you know, uh, other teachers, but I think they just try to do too much too fast the mm-hmm. first time. And it really rubbed some teachers the wrong way. They didn't get full buy-in. Um, some teachers even left. So it just wasn't a good fit at the time in the way that they did it. Um, so this time we're going very, very slow. We sent 60% of our teachers to a training this summer on PLCs. Um, and we came back and we hit the ground running with we- meeting weekly. Um, and they've got contemplating time by subjects. So science, math, things like that. Um, we are currently breaking down and identifying our essential standards. That's kind of where we're at right now. And each team's a little at, at their own pace a little bit. Um, but we're really ready to start diving into CFAs and building those common formative assessments, which is kind of where our next step is looking to be. Okay. That's a great focus. Um, because that focus, once you have that in place, you can really use that to guide instruction in a meaningful way so that everybody kind of knows what's expected and where you're headed. Have they had any kind of common assessments prior to this or not really? Uh, Some teams were kind of sort of doing them more like common end of a unit assessments. Okay. um, But nobody was actually doing like real common formative assessments yet. Okay. So this is going to be, that's going to be a big new step. And how are people feeling about that? Do you, have you done any kind of recon to see (laughs) what the tone is? (laughs) Um, I've got a couple of teams that are really excited, ready to go. Um, oh, I've got, so I've got one team that's a little hesitant, mm-hmm. uh, mainly because the way their team is split up is a little bit more different, okay. um, but not a lot of pushback. I think most of my teams are are looking forward to it. That's terrific. Okay. So then what are some of the challenges that you're currently having as you are trying to like move PLCs into something really purposeful? So my biggest and first challenge would be my role in the team meetings. I go to all of them every week. Um, and sometimes I feel like I'm wasting my time. I'm just sitting there because the teams have it and they're, they're identifying their standards. They're going, um, in the ELA meeting, I sometimes get too involved because I was an ELA teacher before I moved into coaching. So it's like my sweet spot. Mm -hmm. So I just really struggle with what my role should look like in those team meetings when they're working through these processes. Um, I don't want to be too overbearing, but I don't want to be not helping at all either. Sure. Yeah. And do you feel like they are, you said that they've got it. Are they really accomplishing what they're setting out to accomplish? Are they doing this at deep levels or do you feel like it's more superficial? How do you feel like the meetings are currently going? Um, it's a little bit of both. I've got a couple of teams that are, are really valuing this process. Um, some of them, others are just doing it because I've been told to do it. Um, mm-hmm. And so giving them the why I've been trying to do a little bit, I just don't yeah. know if I'm getting it across the right way. 
Okay. So one thing that might be supportive of kind of figuring out where teachers are at this time. And like you talk about giving the why is starting out with sort of a feedback survey to get information from teachers about what they'd like to accomplish during PLCs. So it's kind of like, okay, what would you like to walk away with at the end of this PLC meeting? Um, What are some things that would actually save you time and improve your instruction in the long run that we can do during PLC? And so you're talking about breaking down standards and stuff, but maybe there's something, okay, we want to break down the standard, but then I don't know how to bridge that. I don't know what that's going to look like in my classroom. I don't know how to choose resources that are going to help me actually teach those things because, okay, now I get that, but I don't know how to implement it. You know, like Mm -hmm. now I know what it means, but I don't know what it looks like when I teach it. Um, sometimes having teachers like model little pieces for each other of, okay, this is the standard that we talked about. You gave the example of ELA. Uh, you're talking about finding author's purpose. Well, this is a little strategy that I've actually used with my kids to help see them find the author's purpose. And then they put up a little paragraph and actually model for their counterparts about what that can look like. And so that might be something like easy and fun to add in. If teachers are comfortable with each other, Mm -hmm. then they can start to kind of share those ideas around the strategy. So around that standard. So it's not just, okay, this is what it means. It's also, Mm -hmm. this is what it can look like when you're teaching it and kind of make that a little more maybe purposeful and meaningful. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as your role goes, I, it it can look different in different places. I personally believe that at least as you're getting started and possibly forever, that coaches should probably be present, but that is my own personal thing. Um, And everybody has a different idea on what that should look like. It does, it does pull you from classrooms. So like whenever I did PLCs, I was a facilitator for PLCs and I ran every, every week on Tuesdays, we had a 90 minutes with, I'd have 90 minutes with three grade levels on one week and then 90 minutes with the other three grade levels the next week. So we alternated mm-hmm. and that pulled me a whole day from classrooms. I'd have maybe 35 minutes that I could pop into a room and that would be really it. And it was also very like, oh, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. You know, yeah. um, I spent a lot more time preparing for PLCs at the beginning. And then over time, I was able to say, okay, you're going to bring this, you're going to bring this and start relinquishing that control because you don't mm-hmm. want to be the boss of everything for sure. <laughs> for <Yeah>. lots <laughs> of reasons. Um, but I do believe that it's helpful for coaches to be there because you can push the thinking beyond check, check, check into, okay, but how is this helping us? What does this mean for our teaching? What is this going to look like in our classroom? How are we going to do things differently now that we have this new learning? Mm-hmm. So you can kind of, you're the one that can take the learning from, you know, completing all the tasks into actual meaning and application, if that makes, that makes sense. sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I like that. Okay, I great. really like the idea of a feedback survey, kind of see what, what people are expecting when they come into these meetings and what would work best for them. I like that idea a lot. Okay, great. Yeah. You might also consider what are asking what are some current challenges they're having with PLC and what can be done differently? Because I know some, and you might not have a lot of these issues, but I mean, many grade levels do have dynamic issues. And sometimes you might have a grade level or two that there are a couple of people who are like, I'm in charge of this and you can just listen to me talk. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and that can be a real challenge because the people who would like to share and to get something more out of the session are not always getting something out of it because they're just Mm -hmm. like shushed. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it's good to know what is a teacher perspective on how things are going. Sometimes it's surprising um, because from your perspective, maybe you just don't see certain things because dynamics sometimes are like hidden from us. Yeah. Um, and you're new to the school, right? So it's a new coaching position and you're new to the school. Correct. 
Okay. So sometimes there's history and we don't know what the history is. And it's not that you need to know all the drama, but it's helpful to know what's happening during PLC. So you can, if you need to create norms, did you, did you create norms as part of a PLC process? Yes. We actually created norms at the very beginning and then got some feedback from our PLC consultant and kind of tweaked them a little bit because they were too generic, but we do have norms in place. So. Okay. And do, are those working for you? Yep. So far so good. Okay, good. Do you have somebody who actually like points them out if it's not happening or is that your responsibility or how does it work? So we have some teams have like roles, but we haven't really gotten to a point where we're holding each other accountable yet. I think it's still trying to mesh together and just fill each other out. We've got um, some new people and some younger teams that are still just trying to figure out how to work together. Yes. Okay. So are you, did you, in your PLC training, were you learning? Did you go through like the whole norming, storming, forming, all this? Okay. So, (laughs) yeah. So right now you're doing a lot of norming, right? You're still learning how to work together. Who's kind of got skills in what area, what everybody's strengths are. And, um, and that's, that's a good place to be because I mean, you have to start somewhere and it's good to say, okay, this is what we believe is important about PLC and we are going to work together to accomplish these things. So if you set your goal as accomplishing something, what are we going to walk away with? I think it's super important to have a purpose and even written Mm -hmm. down, like just like a lesson, like an objective or a target in in the lesson, teachers need to know why they're there. And so sometimes we, we force people to sit through these things and they, they're like, and thank you for what, like, I I don't know what I just got out of this. This was my 45 minute planning time. And I spent it in here with you and I still don't have anything to show for it. So Mm -hmm. if we say what people will walk away with, and it's like a tangible thing that can be really helpful to get buy-in that can be helpful to create purpose through the whole meeting, through the whole session. So Mm -hmm. if you're like, let's say you're breaking down your standards about nonfiction text, for example, And they go, okay, I'm going to break it down, but I still, what am I walking away with? I added some knowledge around those standards, but I don't know what it is. So you can say, you're actually going to walk away with two strategies you can use during Mm -hmm. this unit on nonfiction text. And so if you include that as an opportunity, like you either elicit those from teachers in advance and say, Hey, I saw this really cool thing you did in your classroom with cause and effect. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that during PLC next week? And you kind of do the behind the scenes work to give teachers a leadership role and you start and, and it's, it's important over time to try to include everybody in that yeah. so that everybody has the opportunity to share something. And it's not like, oh, she thinks she's amazing, but she doesn't want to hear from me. <laughs> so, <laughs> but if you can kind of, you know, make sure that that's like, make sure that whatever the purpose is going to, is going to be, is actually going to happen by doing the behind the scenes work that can help people walk away with a real sense of, okay, I did get something out of that meeting and I can try it this week. So in a situation like that, where, you know, you're sharing strategies, um, would it be good to also, so back up a little bit. So six, mm-hmm. seven and eighth grade are all working on sixth grade standards together. Sometimes the seventh and eighth grade teachers may feel like, well, this doesn't really involve me because that's not what I teach. So I think it would be benefit, beneficial to have a teacher share a strategy and also talk about how it could be used in other classes as well and other grade levels and maybe even other standards that they're talking about during that day. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that would be terrific. You can look at vertical alignment and say, mm-hmm. okay, in, in this grade, they're going to, I don't, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of an example, but like, let's say in sixth grade that they have to identify something in seventh grade, they actually have to um, explain it. And in eighth grade, they have to apply it or something yeah, along, yeah. You, know, you know, how the verbs change. And then some of the nouns will change too. some of the, okay, this one, we're going to do figurative language. We're just going to look at hyperbole, but then the next year we're going to add hyperbole and um, I don't know, uh, assonance. And then the year after, you know, you're, you're adding something every year. Mm-hmm. 
So it can be really helpful to look at that vertical alignment. If you have teams of vertical teachers there with you and say, okay, let's note the changes. What is an activity we can do that we can, like you're saying, accommodate, we can change it in one direction for sixth grade. We can change it in another direction for eighth grade. How can we make this more rigorous? What can we, what would be the next step? Cause sometimes it's not the same activity. Sometimes it's a next step. Mm-hmm. So what would be the next step that we would make it you know, appropriate for your grade level? Because we do sometimes see teachers, let's say seventh grade who are teaching things that might be more appropriate in sixth grade, or we see yeah. seventh grade teaching things maybe more appropriate for eighth grade because of the level of rigor and complexity. Mm-hmm. So that could be a really helpful time to start kind of doing some vertical alignment work and making sure that everybody understands where they fall. You know, the big thing was stay in your lane, right? Yeah. Make, I mean, and I don't think we always stay in our lane because obviously intervention and extension, we're going to move out of our lanes. Yeah. But um, whenever we're talking about whole class initial instruction, yeah. We're, what is it that you're trying to accomplish for your whole group of kids? Exactly. Um, so one thing that I, I took from that, that I really like is if I could, if I go into classrooms and I'm looking for, you know, specific strategies for a standard that they're about to break down, I could, you know, take like, Hey, I love this. You know, let's talk about it. So I really like my, my brain is spinning. I've got some good ideas going. (laughs) Oh, terrific. Yeah. What could that look like? What are you thinking? So I've got, um, some newer teachers that are pretty young paired up with some teachers that are more experienced. So I think it'd be really nice to go in, um, and have, say like, okay, next week they're breaking down these three seventh grade standards. So let's see what's happening now that could be used for this, for that standard when they get to it. So, um, for instance, I have one teacher on the top of my head that is super strong in social studies. I could go in there, watch her for a little bit, not only just give her ideas, but I'll, now I have ideas to share with other teachers and she can share them and make like kind of give her a leadership role a little bit. I love that. Yeah, that's so important to start building those connections amongst colleagues. And we are really in a great position to do that because we're on the outside and we can say, hey, so-and-so's really great at this. Why don't you take a look at this? And you start building a little web, but then that is their 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 collegial web. Like that is their support mm-hmm. and they can move beyond their own classroom and see how things are done in other places. And we can honor the experience and honor the ingenuity and, you know, that, I mean, it, we find it on all different levels. So I just, I love that, that you're thinking about how you can make that work with the teachers that you actually have. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah, I'm excited. I, cause one thing I've noticed is our, our teams themselves mostly mesh together, but mm-hmm. across curricular, they, they don't really spend much time mm-hmm. together. So I think I'm even thinking about how I could create that web with other teachers in different curriculums, um, sharing strategies that way as well. So that would be awesome. I love that. Yeah. Um, like writing across the curriculum, we should be writing all day in every class. We should be reading all day in every class, but teachers in other subject areas are like, yeah, but what does writing look like in math? What does writing look like mm-hmm. in science? And we know through research that it can be incredibly beneficial. And I saw it with my own students, but getting teachers to do that in other subject areas can be really overwhelming. So if the, yeah. the writing teacher says, Hey, I have this really easy paragraph format that you can use when you're learning about a procedure of how to do something. And this can apply to your scientific method. This can apply to your, when you're learning about, I don't know, complex algorithms, it can apply to mm-hmm. everything um, in other subject areas. And that's something that they can share. And then that, that math teacher goes, Oh, maybe I can ask her for help sometime. Yep, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking too. Um, so something else I want to talk about um, is the data portion of PLC. Mm-hmm. So we, like I said, we're breaking out essential standards, but I kind of feel like we're looking at it as a checklist. So they identified all their standards first and checked that box. And now they're breaking them down so that they can create CFAs. 
But I feel mm-hmm. like if we keep continuing this pattern of just a checkbox, we're going to get to the end of the year and nothing's been done with those CFAs or those breakdown of the essential standards. So we've just been just doing the act. So mm-hmm. I'm really struggling with how to transition into where we're still doing the work of breaking down the standards because that does need to happen, but we're not spending our full 50 minutes every week just doing that. Mm-hmm. So would it be beneficial to have an agenda where we're only going to break down these standards for the first 20 minutes and then we're going to transition into something else? Is it worth the work to just break them down this year and then maybe pick up next year and add a sec- next step as add the CFAs next year, add the data discussions next year? I see both sides, but I'm ready to do the data stuff now. And I think my teachers are too. I think they're ready to see the the benefit of the work they've been doing. So just transitioning out into that type of PLC meeting, I struggle with. Yeah, I think that's a great question. And some schools do stay for a really long time in very preliminary things. I can remember as a teacher spending almost a year just reading about PLCs. And I was like, when are we going to actually do the L part? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're not community exactly. learning anything right now. So it was, it, yeah, I, I personally think you move. I, I think you keep moving to add benefit to teachers. So they walk away with something useful. And mm-hmm. the main point is how does this affect our teaching? So if we're not using that knowledge to create assessments, to create, to gather data, to plan lessons. I feel like there's no, like that's the whole cycle. Right. Mm-hmm. And if we're not doing that, then we feel like, well, what is the point of what we're doing here? Yeah. So I, I personally think that you feeling ready and your teachers feeling ready means you go for it. Um, okay. And so you like, and, and if you felt like you needed permission, because sometimes we do, we're like, I just don't know. Right. <laughs> so I, I think that you could create an agenda that would have different components of it. Like, for example, I can share a little bit about what our PLCs ended up looking like. This took lots of time to get there. But um, what we would do is we had a separate data meeting once a week with each grade level. Well, it was a standing meeting. So if we needed it that week, we had it. If we didn't mm-hmm. have an assessment to look at, we didn't have the meeting. Um, and so, but you could also do it just as a component of your planning. So whenever we would do our PLC time, it was largely focused on planning mm-hmm. and we would look at, um, standards at that time. We would identify appropriate activities. We would sequence them. We would actually write lessons together sometimes. And that's just what our teachers needed. They didn't have a handle on the lesson planning. They didn't have a handle on how to use, um, the standards to plan a lesson with the resources that they had and how to bridge all that to assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like a whole, whole process. Uh, we actually built assessments. What we ended up doing is we would build assessments and then over the summer, we'd have all the copies made and the, and this was back of paper, pencil, you know, um, <laughs> we'd have all the copies made. And that way, whenever the year happened, we could pull that assessment out at the beginning of a unit, take a look at it because the assessments were very tightly aligned to our state test and to the units that we had. And so we would pull those assessments out at the beginning of a unit and really like um, examine it. Okay, what do we see happening here? Let's look at our our unit planner. Let's look at our assessment and make sure that we are uh, teaching kids the things that they need to be successful in these areas. Mm-hmm. And so we started out with the assessment planner with the assessment as part of our planning. And then we would um, dig into actual planning of lessons based on the standards. So you can absolutely have a PLC meeting that includes multiple pieces and they yeah. should kind of inform each other, you know? Um, so you're talking about building assessments during PLC. That's the thinking that you're having now. And about how often do people give assessments or what is the plan for that? 
So it, it varies by team. That's kind of the theme with my school is it varies by team. Um, some have more, more essential standards than others. And so our first focus is just to um, give those assessments when they feel necessary, depending on how many standards they have. I think okay. most teams have between 10 and 15. So that's about every two weeks probably is what we're looking at. Um, but right now on a consistent basis, there's, I don't think assessments are being given consistently, even formatively, submittively, uh, the way that we probably need to. Okay. So maybe coming up with a calendar and looking at your, okay, so we have, um, this next, you know, six weeks, we're teaching this, this, and this let's build an assessment calendar around this based on what we have to teach. Let's, let's plan an assessment calendar. And then we're going to build those three assessments. If there's three or two or whatever, um, we're going to build those assessments prior to starting this unit. So I would probably do it by unit. If there's a way Mm -hmm. to do that, you know, based on your curriculum and then build out your calendar. Do you have some sort of scope and sequence? Um, okay. So yeah, I would probably use that as a guide, build out your calendar of assessments based on that scope and sequence. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then use those to frame your PLCs. So, okay, we're going to give this assessment. Let's take a look. What standards are we teaching? This is the assessment. Let's, let's break down the standards. Let's look at the assessment and examine it. And then let's, from there, we can go into strategies. And then at the top of the meeting, after you have data from an assessment for the first half or whatever piece you think necessary, you can go into digging into the data. To, re- to see how it went. And then mm-hmm. that can inform your next unit. Do we have anything we need to spiral? Do we need intervention? Do we, you know, what is it that we need to come back to that kids didn't do as well? What growth are we seeing that we can continue to forward in the next unit? So I think if you kind of have that cycle, um, if you yeah. get that cycle going, that might work for you. I'm thinking, so I keep referring to my social studies team. They've been together the longest. Um, I think Three of them have been together 10 years and the other two have been there for five years. So five years total, they've all taught together. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I can already like imagine going in and saying, hey, let's try something different this time. Let's talk about what we're about to teach. All right. So when we teach those things, let's, let's break it down and let's you know, build an assessment and let's uh, create that common assessment so that we can look at the data the next time we get together. So I like the idea of the calendar for sure. Okay. I love that you're talking about piloting it with a group of friendly who are like, yes. sure, let's, let's go for it. That's a great way to try it out, get out the kinks. And then you can be like, okay, now that I've had a little, com- uh, little comfort, a little familiarity with this process, we're going to try it out in another grade level and kind of rolling it out without mm-hmm. dumping it on everybody and being like, this is going to be the most stressful PLC day of my life. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think baby steps is a great way to go. Um, especially if, they, so they have been doing standards like in order of standards, but not in order of teaching. Is that what they've been doing? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, maybe looking at how they're bundled in the unit, that would be a great way to kind of structure your calendar throughout the year for PLCs. I think that would work yeah. out really well. Yes. I like that a lot. Okay. So another thing that I was kind of thinking about is, so like I said, I'm at, I'm at every team meeting unless something comes up and I can't be there. Mm-hmm. Um, how can, what are some steps I could take to, ensure that my teachers feel comfortable going through this process without me there. Um, even though sometimes I'm just kind of in the, you know, in the back, just kind of watching. I'm afraid that when I'm not there, they're not as comfortable to step up and get that process started. Like there's not really a natural leader in some of my teams. Okay. So, I mean, I've thought about like picking a team leader, but I don't, I want everyone to feel equal in the, in the meeting as well. So I struggle with that. 
Yeah. And I would say even in strong teams where everybody feels equal, somebody has to say, okay, let's get started. Right. And it, and it does, Mm -hmm. it can make it tricky. So maybe having, you know, a consistent approach that you do things, a consistent set of questions that you use um, so that everybody knows what's coming next. And then um, there are roles. Are you using roles within your PLCs? You said we are, are, well, sometimes kind of have like unofficial roles. I did find some resources um, for official roles that I think I want to put into place. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Okay. And you can always, if you assign roles and you don't necessarily have to do the assigning, you can have them talk about it as a team and decide that can change. So it's not like, okay, I'm, I'm the leader of, you know, facilitating, you know, keeping us on track with our agenda, but that doesn't mean they always will have to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, That can change every six weeks or whatever it is that you feel needs to happen. Uh, But I do think it is helpful to have somebody who is going to say, okay, let's get the ball rolling guys. Come on. Because if not, it's just like, well, we'll kind of chat for like 20 minutes and then we'll uh, look at whatever is on our agenda and kind of like rush through it and get it out of the way. Mm -hmm. Even if they're finding value from it, even because there's always going to be somebody who just had a terrible parent conference or who just had a fight, you know, outside at lunch and they're going to come in wanting to vent about that. And that's not Mm -hmm. the worst thing in the world, but if you have an agenda and somebody who's responsible to say, Hey, you know what? I know this is really stressful. Um, and if you need a minute, go ahead and and take a minute. That's okay. You can take a minute by yourself in the restroom, whatever you need to do. Um, I just want to make sure that we honor everybody's time and we kind of get through our agenda items today because people are on on the agenda. It says people are going to walk away with two strategies. And I feel like if we don't get them that they're going to feel like they didn't accomplish much today. So I want to make sure we get to that part. That's the beneficial part to teachers. So let's go ahead and, and get moving on this. Um, and, and that's, that is, I think you do need to have somebody in the group who is prepared to be brave and yeah. <laughs> say, like, let's get going. Um, and you can, I mean, it, it depends on how you feel comfortable doing it. You can go behind the scenes, but then I think it's important that everybody knows that that's going to happen. Cause if not, some people are like, what, yeah. who, who made you, what are you, who made you a facilitator, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's, I think it's helpful to make sure everybody knows who is going to kind of guide the left the, that meeting. You could even just do it whenever you know you're going to be out. Yeah, that's um, what I, was, I was thinking. Okay. Yeah. You, can you step in as facilitator for me? Who would step in as facilitator for me when I have to be out and make sure that all the agenda items are accomplished and that all the, everything is done purposefully. Is there anybody who'd be comfortable doing that? You can ask in a group setting. Um, but if you have a grade level where somebody is like dominant, but maybe not always great for the group, you might um, have a conversation beforehand and say, you know what, I've asked so-and-so to step in and handle the agenda for me while I'm out next week. Yep. I like that. I think I, that's something I can do. I, and once again, I'm thinking about each of my teams after right. each you know, piece of information and how it can work for each team. And I think that I definitely have um, some strong personalities um, that could definitely step up when I'm gone. Okay, great. Yeah. And that's, I think you're right about it's a team by team thing. Every single PLC doesn't have to look the exact same way because Mm -hmm. not everybody needs the same thing. So that's where that survey is going to be really helpful. What's working in PLC? What would you like to see change? Is there anything that's making this process challenging for you? What can I do as a facilitator, you know, to make sure you walk away with something Mm -hmm. valuable? What would you like to accomplish? I mean, those are some basic questions you can ask to make sure that your, um, your teams are getting something really good out of PLC. So they'll want to start coming at first. When we started PLCs, I can remember my teachers being like, Oh, and I was the same way. I was like, Oh, PLC day is the worst. <laughs> and then over time, I really enjoyed it. Cause I love, I love planning, mm-hmm. but learning to plan with a team is a whole other animal. Yes. 
in that, especially a team that is totally new people. Like I didn't know anybody. And Mm -hmm. so, um, so that was a real challenge, but then over time they'd say, Oh no, PLC is canceled next week because we have whatever. Well, maybe we can meet on another day for like a half one or something. So they sounds magical. Yeah. It took a couple (laughs) of years to get there, but it, over time, if they are getting value from it, they will eventually feel like, okay, this is something I can't do without, because this is going to help me figure out what I'm doing next week. Mm -hmm. It's going to be like immediately relevant. It's not just information knowledge, which is important, but it's also application. What am I doing? What is this going to look like in my classroom? Yeah. Okay. So I've got one more question. That's more of a general coaching question, if that's okay. Sure. All right. So in my slow times, so like beginning of semester in a semester, I find myself just naturally doing more admin based task mm-hmm. um, because I don't like sitting in my office doing the management stuff. I want to be out. Is that something I should continue doing? Cause I'm helping and I like to help, or is it something that I should continue to lay, like try to lay off of a little bit just because I don't want that line blurred at all with my teachers and and I try to stay away from like the teacher side of admin, more like just helping okay. with kids and things like that. Um, like I don't do any kind of valuations or anything like that, but I, I get nervous that that line's going to get blurred with my teachers. But I also want to help my school be successful when, you know, a principal's hooked up or we're short a secretary or something like that. So I really struggle with that line. I think that's a, a great question. Um, I think that it's easy to veer into the admin realm for sure, because you are a person with hands who doesn't have a class. Mm-hmm. So they're like, great, let's have you do this. <laughs> but then over time, they can come to rely on you really heavily. And then you find yourself with less and less and less coaching time. So something to ask yourself in those times is, well, how you said you want, like your goal is to help better your school and do what needs to be done. Yeah. You can ask yourself, how does a coach better their school in these times? What is something that a coach okay. can do to change, to, to be ready, like support teachers to make change happen in classrooms? And I mean, there, I'm sure you'll come up with some different ideas. I mean, things could be like, okay, thinking about some sort of school-wide initiative that might support kids in whatever, you know, vocabulary or whatever areas you're seeing an area of need for, um, finding resources for teachers that would help mm-hmm. them do their jobs better maybe do the things that they're having trouble with. If you think about what challenges teachers have, and this is another great opportunity for a survey, asking teachers about whatever challenges they're having in the classroom. When you have that time, looking at those, those surveys and that feedback and those challenges and saying, okay, what can I do to support teachers in this area? Because this is what they're asking for. I like that idea. Cause then I could even do specific, like more individualized coaching at that point. If I've got like some, some free time. I hate saying it because it's not free time, right? It's a slower time for coaching. Um, I can do more individualized, like, okay, they said they need this. I can help find resources specifically for this. I like that. Absolutely. So I need, I feel like I need to do more, not like surveying of my teachers to feel like to get a vibe for where they're at. Um, I don't think I've done that enough this year, but I'm learning. So I definitely am going to put a survey into place. Um, one for PLCs and one for general, and kind of get some feedback going forward. That's a great way to do it. Yeah. I like that you split it up because PLCs are going to be thinking about their grade level, you know, or their team, yeah. you know, and yeah, that's what would be really good. Um, I use uh, Google forms for surveys. Mm-hmm. It's free. It's easy. Most people are very familiar with how to use it. Um, I actually have a resource for surveys in my TPT store as well. The um, feedback and surveys from uh, for coaches. I, I think it's teacher feedback and surveys or something like that, because um 
because yeah, that's how that it's, it's something that took me time to realize, but the more information we get from teachers, the better we can design our role and shape it in a way that actually gives them the support. And if they're getting support from us, then, then they feel like, okay, you have value. You are, you're useful here. I'm not going to, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to be nice to you. <laughs> I appreciate you. So yes. Well, awesome. Anything else? Um, no, I'm very excited to kind of take some next steps now. I, uh, I kind of felt like I was in a lull there. Like, like I had some meetings today that I was kind of just like, oh, do you guys, oh, you got it. Okay. Oh, you know, your standards better than I do because I didn't teach the subject. Right. So I'm looking forward to having a, a more active role in our meetings. I love that. Yeah. As a facilitator, there's so much that can be done to support teachers in growing that, that um, collegiality and that, that mm-hmm. camaraderie. And so I'm sure that you'll find lots of opportunities to do it um, in interesting ways through your PLCs. I'm very excited. Thank you. Great. All right. Well, thank you. Of course. All right, coach. I hope that you got some ideas about how you can implement better PLCs that are more purposeful, that teachers walk away with something really tangible and easy to use in their classrooms. I love coaching calls. I love to talk shop. So I'm so glad that Alyssa joined me today. Next week in episode 165, we are starting our new series today, wrapped up our PLC series. And so next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about coaching cycles. I try to come back to this all the time because obviously it's the bread and butter of coaching work. We're going to talk a little bit about how you can coach with fewer meetings next week. And so I have some ideas about what you can do to minimize the number of meetings that you need to have because teachers I know are pushing back against having meetings in uh, like pre-conference and post-conference. So we're going to talk about some ideas and tools that you can use to make that work out for you. And I want you to not forget about that wait list. Grab that confident or uh, go to confidentliteracycoach.com if you are a literacy coach and sign up for the waiting list because next week the course opens and I would love for you to grab it while it's open. Until next week, happy coaching. Thank you for listening to Buzzing with Miss B, the coaching podcast. Want more coaching ideas? Check me out at buzzingwithmissb.com and on Instagram at buzzingwithmissb. If you love the show, share it with a coach who would love it too, or leave me a review on iTunes. It's free and it helps others find this show. Happy coaching. Happy coaching.